When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? It's Brian House here for the Work For It podcast. You are listening to Work For It on the Makery Network. If you're not familiar with what the Makery Network is, go out to makery.network and check out all of the awesome audio content for your workshop and your studio. Uh, In fact, we have added two new shows to the uh, roster for the Makery Network, XYZ, which is uh, all based in CNC, and then the other one, which the name escapes me now, uh, but uh, there's always additions going into the Makery Network, and everyone here is working really hard on making that work. You know what? You know, I'm just going to look it up real quick since I can't remember the name. Makery.network. Here we go. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm pulling it up right now the shows oh the maker life the maker life that's the that's the new one uh project build stuff the wood pastor and cunningham woodworks talk woodworking life and general nonsense they already have three episodes up and uh, go out and check those guys out i haven't actually dove into any of the new stuff yet but if it's on the makery i know it's good quality also real quick want to Big shout out to two of our sponsors for the Work For It podcast, and that is Empire Abrasives. Empire Abrasives is um, the leading abrasives company for the stuff that I like to work on, which is metal. They have all kinds of uh, new products coming out every day. I've been, um, I was approached by them. They they sent out uh, a couple of samples. I like the samples. We went back and forth and worked out a sponsorship deal. And they're just uh, great guys uh, to work with. Uh, I get a real kind of sort of family business owned um, feeling from them, and I really like that about working with them. So go out and check out Empire Abrasives at empireabrasives.com. Also, if you're listening to us in your workshop and studio on just standard earphones, you're doing yourself a disservice. You could actually have PPE and headphones in one. And that's can, that can be achieved through Isotunes. Isotunes is a sponsor of our show, but they make amazing PPE headphones and headsets so you can listen to audio content right in your ears while you're on uh, in your workshop and you can do all of the things that you like to do plus listen to music or podcasts and 
protect your ears. So go check out isotunes.com. They have awesome deals going on right now because of the holidays. <sighs> Anyhow, Ben Jammin. Ben Jammin Butler. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? It's another day in paradise. Naples, Florida is a beautiful, sunny, 65 degrees. Uh, we we had a great holiday. Yeah, man. I'm sure it's cold by you. Are you ran, running your heater? What's that? I said it's colder than a well digger's ass over here. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it, I would imagine. I'm seeing all these photos of everybody that are there. You know, snow on cars and ice everywhere. And I get. I'm so far removed from it now, being this far south. So. We get um, we get inversions here. So much like I guess Denver gets some inversions to a certain extent. Um, we're down low in the Snake River Plain, and so uh, surrounded by mountains, <clears throat> we get situations where the a layer of cold air gets trapped below a layer of warm air above, and so we'll get smog and smoke and nastiness just trapped in this like icicle. Interesting. In the so it's huh. kind of can be kind of weird. You go up skiing. In the winter, and you look out, and it looks like you could walk right across the valley. It's pretty cool. It looks like a pond of, of smog. <laughs> because of the, the cloud, the, the layer of clouds that are just laying yeah, on the valley? Yeah, that inversion just is trapped there, and it'll actually get warmer. Be You know, in the teens down here in the valley, and you'll get up on the ski, it'll be in the 20s. So Interesting. It's really weird how that all works, but... Yeah, it's been been chilly. I don't think we're we're not quite into inversion season, but it's you know just cool in the mornings. It was twenty one degrees this morning, I believe. What does that mean for your workshop? Is it, <clears throat> well, it do you have things in there that could possibly freeze? Yeah, um, I try to thin it down a little bit in the winter. You know, this time of year, I'll take paints and you know water based uh, stuff inside for the most part. Um, don't usually do much with glue and stuff like that, but you know, I try to try to take some stuff in and some stuff just freezes and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It freezes and thaws and it's okay. Yeah. But yeah. definitely. So I heat with just a dual burner propane, you know, uh, propane topper heater and I've got enough holes in the walls and crack the door. So I'm not going to die of asphyxiation, but, um, yeah, but I'm shooting. I'm I'm hoping maybe this later this winter to I got to insulate the ceiling and then I might just put a mini split in this thing. Yeah, get it. Over they make with. a mini split too with a with a heating element in it so that you they can do. fire yep, it so right heat up. Heat and cool. Um, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, we get in the hundreds in the summer where the, the kind of the yeah. high desert heat, hundred and five is not abnormal. So sure. Yeah. Well, you guys stay, what do you dip down to in the winter? We, we can get frozen here. Uh, it's very rare. Uh, there's like a kind of a, the highway here is 75, which runs a long way north and and over West. Uh, and if you, the rule is, is if you live east of 75, you have a risk of, of a frost or freezing. Gotcha. Um, we're, we're considered 10 B is our zone. Okay, and growing so, zone so, or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, growing zone is 10B. So you can grow subtropical <laughs> plants here. So a lot of people grow like bananas and mangoes and avocados and all kinds of stuff here. And then, um, but if you get like one freeze, 
uh, you know, it can wipe out a whole crop, you know? So yeah. it's really kind of interesting, uh, to be, a to live in a place where like you can step outside and grab a banana off a tree or a mango right. off a tree. It's really neat. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah. Well, I, I have a friend who owns a citrus grove it's like more like tropical fruit trees. And one year we had, uh, you know, the, the weather people were saying like, this is going to be the year of the freeze. It's coming. There's a really nasty cold front moving down. And what this guy did was he, because he had so much inventory and he could not move it all, like physically impossible to move it all. He set up uh, burn barrels strategically placed all throughout his, his, uh, his grove where all of his potted trees were. And then he hired a helicopter to fly over all night long, you know, and basically push the warm air from those okay. from those burn barrels down into the groves, and it saved his trees. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. I know. So a lot of them have those big fan things too, right? Right. And, yeah. And so that's more or less just. Uh, I would. I've never quite researched it, but I assumed you're just moving air so that right. uh, stuff doesn't freeze on the leaves and. And on the on the blossoms and things, but that is incredible to hire a helicopter. I guess it would work. I mean, it did work. That yeah, crop wash the, is pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the other thing a lot of uh, uh, f- like tropical fruit tree groves do is they'll set up um, Christmas lights. It's a lot more labor intensive, but they'll like they'll the wrap halogen. trees. Even LEDs, it's just no enough. Kidding. It's just yeah. enough heat where it will preserve the tree. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the the freezes are going to come at like two, three in the morning, right? Because you right. know it, it's just a timing thing. So if there's a cold front coming down and it's going to hit us at exactly around that time, yeah, uh, you know, you only have a really a window of a few hours. You know, yep. immediately once the sun comes up, it all warms up. Everything's fine. So, uh, but yeah, 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 it's an interesting piece of uh, information. <laughs> I, when he told me that story, I was like, oh, that's such bullshit. You didn't hire a freaking right. helicopter. You know, he's like, no. And he's like showing me videos on his phone. Right. I'm like, oh my God, what's that cost? He's like, yeah, it's like a thousand bucks an hour or something. Yeah. Like that. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it reminds yeah. me of on, on wildfires, we, we, um, on larger fires, we'll fly infrared, um, every night, usually. Uh, as a way to just determine the daily fire growth, right? So, okay. um, but the amount of aircraft that's utilized on a wildfire anymore is just phenomenal, right? Um, I want to say it's it's close to eighty percent of the of the cost of suppression is probably aviation, you know. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's always interesting that you know the the different. Um, the different ideas on which aircraft to use and how much red stuff to drop out of it. And, but it, you know, it's kind of cool to see it. I mean, aviation has been used in agriculture for years and years, right? Crop dusting and everything else. It seems a pretty natural progression that you'd fly helicopters over, you know, a fancy vineyard or, <laughs> or an orange grove or whatever. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a thing. So, yeah. So, yeah. We're coming off the holiday, so if you're in the United States, yeah. you you know obviously you've heard of Thanksgiving. Um, we we celebrate this holiday, and so we're all in the United States a little bit 
hungover, I think. And it's not just from the alcohol, you know, it's no, certainly from the food and like, and the, from the family and everybody yeah. that's been here, you know, oh. um, COVID makes it a little bit different. Um, yeah. this year we did have family come in town and, but we're blessed to live near a rapid testing center. So everybody oh, nice. got a chance to come in and go right over to JetBlue stadium. And for $0, you could get rapid tested. And huh. everyone did, yeah. So all, and then when they left on the Converse, when they were all flying out, they all got tested again, so they could Tested get on the airplane and fly out again. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, system works out pretty well, and it all made us feel pretty comfortable about sure. being around each other, so that we felt like you know, because we're all staying kind of. Some of us are in, there's like two or three houses, so we were all kind of staying in the same space, and yeah. of course eating the same food and all of that. Plus we have kids. Yeah. So the kids are all playing together. We figured like some, it, all it would take is for one yeah. person to be infected and then we would all get sick, but no one got sick and we <laughs> all, we're all fine. Everybody, we took precautions, but uh, now everyone is gone. My house is right. quiet again. Man. We had seven children, no eight children oh, staying with us. And um, so not a lot of social media stuff uh, in the last couple of weeks or last week, yeah. I'd say. Um, but I did finish the workbench. Which, which saw was, it killer yeah i i uh awesome. i finished the bench like the day before all my family flew in and i had the the video done because mm-hmm. i've been working on a system to where i would do a little bit each day and then at the yeah. end of the day i would take that the the uh film and i would put it into my machine so i could edit it and get a rough edit so yeah. that way when my family was here i just you know everybody was kind of hanging out and they're all like what are you doing i'm like i'm finishing the edit you know and and some of my family members are pretty interested in the whole process yep. of what it's like so they were kind of hanging out with me and stuff and and they all and what was kind of cool was like my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law all got a chance to um give me input on the thumbnail you know, oh, nice. so yeah, 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 it was really neat, you know, to yeah. hear their perspective because they're, you know, they're not YouTubers or they're not really my, my target audience. Exactly. Which is so, good. Yeah. To have them kind of chime in on, you know, the different, um, the ways to put together a thumbnail. Yeah. It was really interesting. And then, uh, That's my, cool. yeah, it was, it was great. And then my sister-in-law, she's dating a guy who is a YouTuber. So he, nice. um, but he's in a completely different niche. He's a, like a he's a workout guy. So he's a you know. Okay. So we had a lot to chat about. It was it was great. It yep. was a good time. Cool. Yeah. So how how are you doing? You, did you have everybody come over, or you had a few people in town? We had or? a couple. Yeah. Um, my in laws came. My my wife's parents, who they they make a trip out fairly fairly regular, which is great as far as I'm concerned. It works out. Uh, it works out really well. I've my wife and I met in high school, so I've had a lot of years for uh, <laughs> you know all of us to get to know each other and figure yeah. out systems and all that stuff. So it's it's really it's neat to be at that point in your life, you know. It's and and still feel really young to where um, you know you can just everybody's open and honest and you're just yourself, you know, that, that family is as much my family as my own family now. And that's, that's pretty cool. Man, that's, so, that's yeah. rare too. You know, it is. It, it really is. I mean, it's when you marry somebody, rare and rare. you you always hear that, uh, that with that saying, you marry somebody, you also marry their family. Yep. That's yep. so true. And it's like pretty rare that y'all get along. So yeah. It's yeah. Nice. On both sides too. You know, it's my wife, it's along great with my family and I get along great with hers and 
But I think, you know, there's that growing up in the same town essentially makes a bit of a difference. And, and when that town is a small, you know, German town in Pennsylvania, um, you know, sure. everybody's kind of cut from the same cloth back there. You know, my, my grandma always used to say that, yeah, you're related to everybody in town. My dog <laughs> shit near back porch and now we're related. <laughs> It was so funny because I've never been to Pennsylvania before, and I married a girl from oh, Philly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and and uh, when I went to Pennsylvania the first time, I was just amazed at how similar it was to Middle America, like yeah. to, like Northern Illinois. It's like very similar, yep. except it's a little more rolling hills. There's a lot, you know, but the yeah. for the most part, the people are really similar, and mm-hmm. um, which is why I think we get along so well, Sarah and I. But yeah. uh, the 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 one thing that I wasn't so much prepared for was the the rowdiness of the people in philly you know like yeah, they, Philly's, yeah. in one one minute that town is like exploding into yeah, like craziness right, you know right, like somebody brawl. wins a football game and it's <laughs> over the whole town is destroyed <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's interesting too like the difference between east and west even, oh yeah you know oh, yeah. like pittsburgh to philly I grew up north of Pittsburgh by, you know, a couple of hours, sort of between Pittsburgh and Erie, um, more, you know, in the hills, I guess you'd say. Um, and it just such a different, uh, completely different accent, you know, completely sure. different. Um, uh, I would say, you know, there's a lot of, Polish in that area in Pittsburgh. There's a lot of, you know, uh, um, even, you know, different, completely different mix of nationalities or predominant nationality make up demographics uh, from east to west. It's really kind of uh, interesting how that happened. You know, the steel mills of Pittsburgh drew a certain type of person back, you know, way back when they opened up. And I think it just from there kept growing and growing and, and, uh, it didn't diversify a whole lot, which is kind of interesting, you know. But yeah, it's um, so and the state of Pennsylvania out. is huge too. I mean, huge, this, massive, this huge, massive yeah. state. I mean, Illinois is big too, from top yep. to bottom. It's more like you know, turn Pennsylvania outside. It's yeah. more like that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, from one end of the state to the other, the the quality of uh, or the not the quality, but the differences in people is just like. Wow. Night and day. Yeah, completely different from the bigger and you get cities the, and, and the, stuff. In the East, too, you, you start to get the either the New York City influence or the D.C. influence, sure. you know, and, and you're close enough to the, the megalopolis there, the, the, the big old belt going east or north-south there. And then you come over to the West and, you know, it's just – we're we're as much West Virginia as we are New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and then a, and then you're budding right up to Ohio. Ohio, yeah. yeah you know, so yeah, it's all like there. You got the mellowness of Ohio, you know, the pretentiousness of New York, and and the the backwoods nature of West Virginia all thrown together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a great state of Pennsylvania. It's it is. Neat, I, it's a neat I, place. I could, uh, I, my wife and I both would probably say that someday we'll end up back there. You know, I, I think there's no doubt about that. But. So, uh, the great state of Pennsylvania, I think I, I would end up probably thinking about having a workshop up there. 
I'm like watching yeah. um, Alex Steele, you know, build his new workshop back. I don't know if you watched the light, latest video, but he's building a video. I just or, uh, did, yeah. Yeah, and he's he basically rented out the same space he was in when he was over yeah. there before, which it's is great. Cool. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is a really good idea. I like that concept, yeah. you know, of having his like space over he, there. Yeah, and how he refused to just set it up the same way. Oh, he's rethinking cool. the whole yeah, thing. like, um, Yep, I want a small workshop now. Yeah, in a, inside a big workshop, which was really yeah. kind of cool, you know. Yeah, um, that is interesting. I, isn't it? I say that a lot, and I can't tell you the people that comment to me or come over and and you know check out the shop or whatever, you know, and they're like, "This place is tiny. Like how how do you get anything done in here?" And it's like, "How do you get anything done in a big workshop?" and Alec kind of points it out, you know, he's like, in a big workshop, you have to walk to every tool. I turn around and I hit the jointer and then I turn around again and I run into the planer and I needed them both, right. <laughs> you know? So your, um, your workflow is much different in a lot of ways, but in some ways it may be that it's more efficient. I don't, I don't know. And it's just, it's cozy in here. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, know? you you have a de- like when I watch your videos, you definitely have that feel of, you know, most workshops are probably the size of your workshop or yeah. maybe slightly bigger, but not not mm-hmm. a whole lot bigger. I mean, most guys are working in a twenty by twenty foot space. I mean, that's yep. if you're lucky. I mean, yeah, they're about. Yeah. So if you know you have a little bit more room or or maybe have a bigger space there's in my game it's a little bit different because i like having um i like having the 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 room to set my cameras back a ways and get these long see you yeah that's the one thing that i the only reason i would want a bigger space is so that i could get those nice long sweeping shots and that's the hard part. That's the part you're dealing with. Your challenges are, okay, my camera's like three feet away from me almost at all times. Yeah. And that's really difficult. I would say 90% of the videos that I shoot, I am, I've shot, I shoot them all on my iPhone. I've, I've got other cameras and I just, I've always just ended up using my dang iPhone and 90% of them now that I have the newer iPhone is in the, the wide angle lens and oh, I love that lens ah it's awesome I love it. and i don't i've never shot in portrait mode you know and everybody for instagram you always should shoot in portrait because that's the native format for instagram well i shoot in wide angle and i shoot in landscape and then i always just make sure that whatever i'm shooting is in the center of the frame and then let instagram crop it down sure yeah <laughs> yeah exactly works out pretty darn good yeah um Folks have always, you know, like, oh, you got to shoot portrait and then you got to shoot this way for YouTube. And I'm like, well, just shoot landscape and make sure that you're in the middle, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And once you, once you shoot a few and just pull it up and make a draft post in Instagram, you'll see pretty quickly, you know, where it's going to crop it and everything else. And, And you pick it up pretty quick, but yeah, to get any kind of a wide or a long shot in here is near impossible. Yeah. I'm sure with the right lens and the right camera setup, I could do more than I do, but yeah, I run into that in my grind room. <laughs> Cause it's so tight in there. You know, it's the same story. It's like, yeah. I, I can't shoot a ton in there, which was the reason why I put the Eisenglass in thinking that I would peel it back so I could, yeah. you know, 
you know, put my camera on the outside and shoot from, it's just too much of a headache. I, I just, you know, what I end up doing is a lot of handheld stuff in there and, you know, just yeah. wide angle stuff and whatever else. And yeah, it is what it is. It yeah. works, you know, but, uh, I, I am, I, I do look at even the space that Alec works in, in Montana. I mean, it's just huge. I mean, it's an enormous oh, amount yeah. of room and then the space even in uh the uk it's like yeah, it's a lot of room too uh you know i get his point though you know he wants to kind of yep. c- uh, block things out a little bit better and that makes a lot of sense yeah a lot of makers do that mix where they're like they do a metal side and a wood side yeah. and i sort of see the reasoning behind that because there's cross-contamination you know sure. dust and all that but uh i don't have the luxury i just do it all in one room you know so yeah and i don't know like i've I- I mix and match and well, we'll talk about it with, with skills, I'm sure. But you know, there are, there are definite risks to uh full on welding and, and fabricating in the tinderbox that is my wood shop. But you know, like I, I've got my 3d printer in a dust proof cabinet that I built and you know, it sits under a workbench and I'm cranking out 3d prints, you know, <laughs> while yeah. I'm doing other stuff. So you can mix and match. I think you can mix to a certain degree I've got a leather working bench that I'm sitting at right now that, you know, it gets dusty, but you make it work. <laughs> yeah, you just blow it off <laughs> you know? with your with your uh, exactly. air gun. You know, that's how I do yep. it. Anytime uh, I need to use something, the first step is to remove the dust. Blow it, it off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is so yeah. true. Yeah, I need this tool. All right, grab a rag and the air gun, and we're going to go outside and clean it off, right. and then we'll be able to use it. You yeah. know, so. It's bad when you go inside to cook dinner and you pick up the ground beef to you know, blow the dust off. Of oh, yeah. It's just out of habit. <laughs> my favorite is, is when I pull my money out of my pocket and all the dust that was in, that made its yeah. way into my pockets is now on my money and all over the table of wherever I'm, you yeah. know, passing. They're like, what do, what do you do for? And the funniest thing was, is I went to get my eyes looked at and I had a pair of glasses that I needed them to kind of sort out a little bit. And he's like, these uh-huh. lenses are all scratched up. What do you do? I'm like, I do a lot of metal working. She's like, ah, okay. Cause you can't, you know, the, the trick is when you clean your glasses in a metalworking shop or even a wood shop because of the, the scratching from stuff is never, ever clean them dry. You, I, I put right. them in a sink, yep. soap, and my fingers. I rinse yeah. them with water first, then soap and water, and then I shake them dry and use only use a paper towel to clean them off. Nothing that's ever yes. been exposed to anything in your shop. Cause the minute you pull that paper towel, that's Forget been sitting it. on your workbench, even for five minutes, it's got micro yep. dust on it that will scratch <clears> your lenses. So I, I, mm-hmm. and I do that with all my welding masks, anything that I have to look through. It's all my camera lenses. Everything has covers on them because yep. it will destroy whatever it touches it'll scratch glass yeah, that metal especially oh man, yeah and that's brutal i yeah i eat, i eat through safety glasses quite a bit i just kind of every few months order a few new pair you know that's all you can do <laughs> it's really all you can do yeah. unless unless you're really it's, paying attention or you get yeah. um the glass their actual glass glass yeah i've been glasses. looking at those yep. there's a place online I, you can buy them i've seen them yeah because i you know i I'm much more inclined to wear them if they're clear. Totally. You know, as somebody that doesn't wear glasses, I well, I wear contacts uh and since since I was a, you know, 
at high school, I think I've, I barely take them out of my eyes, you know, I'm just sleeping them. They don't bother me a bit. And so to put on a pair of glasses is kind of like a chore, you know, even yeah. sunglasses. And so if I can, if I can see through them and they stay clear as a bell, then I'm much more likely to just leave them on the whole time I'm out here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the ISO tunes where you just put them in. That's and, right. Yeah. No problem. Once Put them you in get used to and what I like about breathing. right. Well, yeah, totally. And what I like about them is, is I can answer my phone, you know, and yeah. talk to somebody while I'm wearing yep. them, so I don't have to take them off. You know, it'll interrupt whatever I'm listening to to get a call. Yeah. And then I can yep. take the call and, and put it back in or just, you know, talk to that person. It's a little weird with the yeah. ear cups. I don't know if you have the Isotune link. I don't. Okay. Yeah, no, it's weird. Yeah. It's a, it's like you put them over your ears and you can't really hear your own voice. But the person. Because it it's so, yeah, it's so sound protected. Yeah. So, but then the person you're talking to, because the microphone is on the outside of that thing, oh. they can hear you. So okay. it gives you a little <laughs> bit of a feeling of what it might be like, like to be mostly deaf, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're talking. I could see that. Yeah, it's a very yeah. odd feeling. But I it doesn't huh. bother me. I can do it. It's just very right. it's very weird. But it takes some getting used to. It's it funny how your ears can what your ears can adjust to and and what changes they can make is just phenomenal. Um my wife's a speech too. pathologist and oh. she, you know, deals with a lot of audio stuff as well as speech. And it's just amazing, you know, how um yeah, how your brain adjusts to what it what it hears or doesn't hear. And and even further, you know, she talks a lot about when you have bad hearing or your hearing is somehow damaged, how much more your body works to understand the inputs that it's getting. And so oftentimes folks that, um, that get hearing aids initially, when they start getting even more inputs, they're just exhausted, <clears throat> you know, for an entire month because their body's already working so hard or it was already working so hard to hear, to comprehend and to understand what it was hearing. And now it just gets inundated with, you know, a million more inputs a day. <laughs> and right. it's almost like overwhelming for some. And it's it's maybe a big reason why a lot of folks get hearing aids and go, this isn't for me. I can't wear hearing aids. You know, it's, yeah, it's a lot of damn work to hear everything. <laughs> yeah. And I find that I am more focused and more efficient when I put my isotunes in, but don't pump any audio into them. So if yeah. I just wear ear cups and I just get in a zone and I'm not listening to anything or, or, you know, there's on the converse, there's like times where I really like it. Like I need it yeah, to stay yeah. motivated during replication. So if I'm doing repetitive productive production type work, yeah. I will want music or a podcast. But if I'm trying to figure something out, say I'm prototyping yeah. something and I need to really think about what I'm doing the no audio input from ear cups is the game changer for me. I just yeah. put them on and my phone is on mute. I'm not looking at it and no outside <clears throat> audio and in interference. And I am on, I can, I can do yeah. a lot with it, but, uh, but yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't realize, but yeah, you can with isotunes. It's like you have every option. You can like literally just turn yeah. them off and they'll, they will keep your ears protected or you can listen to whatever yep. you want. It's nice. 
It's so. much better than the active, like the active noise canceling, you know, like yep. the AirPods or, or something that is uh, programmatically or, you know, it's uh, through software or whatever. It's, it's stripping out audio. Um, I find that that works and it works fairly well, but there's nothing better than just blocking the whole world out for a little while, you know, like you say, and just it's, it's true. getting after it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the, you, you know what the theme, you actually came up with the yeah. theme for today's show, which is the, true. we asked mm-hmm. our audience, uh, this has kind of been the, our system for the last few episodes, which is, well, cr- like well Ben and I will kind of come up with a concept, like an idea, and we'll, then pose a question to the audience. The audience will then answer through the comment section and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really an easy way to build audience interaction because these are all questions, which by the way, like this last one, what's one skill you would like to learn I realized how many people want to learn the same skill. I don't know if you read through the comments, but there's quite a few that said the same thing, which, by the way, is something that ties into some of the things that you and I have talked about and some of the things that I've been making content on YouTube about. So it's really interesting to see the correlations there. Um, so yeah. let me just, let me just pull that up. Cause we got a lot of comments on this. Um, so as you know, yeah. what's one skill you would like to learn and I, I'll, I'll just go first. So like, you know, the, the picture sort of gave it away, but, uh, <sighs> the, the one skill I would like to learn is I would, I would like to learn how to forge, uh, striking tools like hammers, axes, um, and, and Dustin from the art of craftsmanship actually had the same answer. He wants to learn nice. how to forge axes. Yeah, too. Um, that's something that fascinates me. Take a, take a block really cool. of carbon steel, heat it up to the point where it's malleable, right? And you can make whatever yeah. you want with it and then, um, craft a hammer or an ax, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all these different types of striking tools and then heat treat it, quench it. And now you've got this, this like, you know, two pound, whatever it is, piece of steel that you can put. Now you can make a handle, right? You got you a spot for next tool. Yeah. And now you're making another tool with that. Right. Um, yep, that has, yep. I, I talked, uh, well, didn't, really cool. I didn't talk to Zach, but I sent him a message one time, like a few years ago, uh, Zach from ZH fabrications. I don't know if you yeah. know who, who yep. he is Yeah, out in Ohio. Yep. He used to be down here in Florida and I was hoping to do a collaboration with him a couple of years ago, but he moved. And then um, mm-hmm. I said to him, like, that's the one thing I really want to learn how to do is make a hammer. And he just wrote back, like, well, maybe someday you will. You know, and I'm like, oh, someday I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. I'm going to do this. And, uh, and thanks and, for the offer to help. Yeah, Zach. no, I mean, he gets, I'm sure he's inundated with a million people asking I'm sure, him stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't like me having, you know, he does clinics. So I could eventually you right. know, go do a clinic with but him. But he's got a point, you know, he's got a good point. And, and it's, you know, if, if you're if you stay back and keep thinking, oh, I'd love to do it, um, then maybe you won't, you know. Um, yeah, true. But if, yeah, you, right. if, you, if you decide to, um, if you decide that I will do it, you know, and let's figure out how to do it, um, it, it always amazes me how thin the line is between um, being motivated enough to just stop 
doing what it is you're doing now and shift gears, you know, it's like really for some of us, myself included, it doesn't take much to say, well, shit, I'm going to try this today. Yeah. <laughs> I know I should be doing that. Right. Uh, but I'm going to give this a little try for an hour or whatever, you know, and enough of those hours add up and those little pieces of time that you steal from other things and eventually you know how to do something. It's kind of, it's really pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to do, um, there's a uh, doghouse forge, which is down here in Florida. They do a hammer making yeah. uh, clinic too. And uh, you know, there's yep. all kinds of guys out there that can show you how to do it. And you can watch on YouTube. You know, there's a, you know, John yeah. Norwood who, who all my hammers are from most of my hammers are from him in um, North Carolina He's, you know, him and I kind of have a trade deal going on where I send him grinder stuff and he sends me hammers. And um, nice. and then uh, Michael Hoops um, is another blacksmith where if you look at that photo, it's like the one that's got the little face on it um, in the in the mm -hmm. bottom there. And he's another very talented uh, tool maker. He makes anvils. He does all kinds of great stuff. He's he's uh, him and I talked on the phone not too long ago and um, he wants to come on uh, the podcast at some point. He'd be really nice. super interesting. To, to chat yeah. with super nice guy. Um, but what the thing is about making a hammer, it seems so uh, rudimentary, right? It's a piece of steel. You shape it. Yep. The mm -hmm. amount of tools required to make this happen right? is crazy. I mean, you know, most guys use a press, some sort of hydraulic press. You got to have a swage okay, block, got to have a forge. You got, I mean, the, just the sheer amount of tools associated with making hammers is, is off the chart. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever watched John on John Norwood, who is, um, he was on Forged in Fire. Say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I've seen his stuff. Old Hickory yeah. Forge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He, yep. he does all yeah. kinds of great stuff, makes knives, hammers, uh, big mm -hmm. axes, and all this stuff. If you watch, because he's one of those guys that, shows you the whole process you know his videos yeah. are like 20 30 minutes long and there's a lot of yeah. its time lapse if you look at the detailed process he goes through to make a hammer it is it like when i get oh, one yeah. of the, these hammers i'm just like i'm holding somebody you know m mega yeah. amount of hours worth of work went into this hammer yeah. well you so. know what's amazing too is uh, to me with blacksmiths or, or you know guys who make things like hammers or or some of these other more complex uh forging techniques um the ability to to push metal into one shape so that it begets another right so that i can't turn it into that shape until it goes to this shape first and then we'll take the right turn and it'll become you know the circle becomes a square. <laughs> you know, it's it's always impressive to me, like even watching Alex Steele, um, how when they'll they'll grab a project seemingly out of thin air, right? And and figure out the steps, the forging steps that you have to take to go, you know, from literally a block of steel to a sword and all the geometric changes that happen along the way and, and being able to control all that to me has always been fascinating you know like woodworking you, you know you're you're cutting some pretty simple the most you get is a compound angle you know yeah. <laughs> even on a really complex roof uh framing job the you're not gonna turn it into one shape so that it can become another <laughs> you know right um it, the, all the angles fit together pretty intuitively i guess but 
with forging, it's man, there's there's a lot of dimensions going on there. Steel is alive. <laughs> I mean, when I started first yeah. working with steel and it just doing cold hammering, blacksmithing, stuff like that, I didn't realize, you know, it's for every action, there is a equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. You hit the steel on one side, it's going to cup the other or it's going to change the shape here and there. And, and you start to like learn that. Um, you know, pretty early in the game because you can mess things up pretty quick. You know, you you bang something out mm-hmm. and you think you got it, and then you then you turn it over and it's like completely jacked, right? So you're you know yeah. you pick it up, but the but also the argument is is that steel's more forgiving. You know, you can heat it back up, you yep. can kind of you know rework it. Whereas yeah, wood, you right. make a you make a wrong cut in wood, you know, there's not a lot, you know yep. glue and sawdust is not gonna yeah, not gonna fix a lot of those mess ups. Coke yeah. and paint. And it still just ain't. That's it, man. It makes me the carpenter I ain't. That's right. So, yep. All right. So let's get into some of these comments here. So uh, Ben's yeah. Bites, he says, I can't pick one, but he wants to learn forging, heat treating, forge welding, welding, fabrication with more accuracy, and he wants to be a better human being. That's, uh, that's a good one. I like there that. There you go. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Joshua Perkins says, uh, this is a very loaded question. It's so hard to pick just one. So here's two. He wants to learn how to TIG weld, and he wants to learn how to blacksmith. So those are good ones. So you'll see throughout this entire conversation on uh, Instagram and and, uh, even on Facebook, many people used welding as one of their um, things they wanted to learn. And welding is one of those things that, you know, you're shown a few times by somebody and I'm blessed because in my building where my, both my computer shop is and my, and my, um, my studio is, uh, there's welders on either side of me and they're TIG welders. Yeah. So they're, so I can just, and I'm on good terms with all of them. So, you know, I'm always fixing their computers and they're showing me stuff. So, um, they, I go over there and like the one guys to my right, they're all aluminum welders. Which, okay. which a lot of people don't realize, but aluminum is by far harder, more hard to, to That's weld. I've always heard, yeah. yeah, right. So they, you know, they're always yeah. showing me stuff, and you know, aluminum. They have the nice Miller, you know, big Miller TIG right. welders. Big. So I, I get to learn from somebody that's done it for a long time. That does it for a living, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So. That always seemed like a, a bit of a barrier to me as well. Is that, um, you know, there. There are some things that you you aspire to learn that you can do them fairly cheaply, but welding it isn't one of them. You know, <laughs> um, sure you can get used welders and that kind of thing, but then you're dealing with something you don't know how to do with a tool that you don't even know if it can do it anymore because it's so old or you don't know you know you don't know what you don't know so you buy this used welder for 150 bucks or something you know and you got no yeah. idea what the hell you're doing huge so risk. there's a lot of barriers there right with yeah. whereas you know like you say with with woodworking you you buy a circular saw and a drill and bob's your uncle you know you're building beds for every new family in town you know away you go um so I've always thought that's a bit of a barrier. Um, and then the safety stuff as well. It's just kind of, there's, whether you're afraid of it or not, there's that, holy shit, you know, I'm melting metal together for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a superhuman power to it that just, 
the thought of it, you just kind of pucker you a little bit. <laughs> You're holding lightning in your hand. I mean, it's exactly. It is, a little, yeah. it is intimidating. I, when people ask me, like they they want they, they wanted to get into welding, there's all kinds of machines now that will do all types of welding. They'll do yeah. plasma cutting. They'll do TIG and they'll do um, stick. And then I I'm not sure if they have one that'll also do mig but uh i have two two different welders i have like a all-in-one plasma Mm -hmm. stick and tig and then i also have a hobart handler 190 and the reason i went with a hobart is because it's a good middle of the road welder and and it also will do so when you buy it it, okay i think it's like 750 dollars so it's expensive but in the grand scheme of things in welder the welder world it's really not that expensive. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you're yeah. right in the middle. But the, the cool thing about the Hobart, uh, 190 is that it will do spool. It had, came with a spool gun for aluminum. So it'll do MIG aluminum as well. So you have all these options, okay. you know, like with this device, yeah. it'll do flux core. It'll do solid core with shielding gas as well. So you have kind of a, a, a bunch of options there. It's made in the United States, which I really like. And it's a subsidiary of uh, Miller, so they're made okay. in the same yep. place. It's just a it's yeah. like kind of their off brand. Uh, super happy with it, and and you know for seven hundred and fifty dollar investment on Amazon, by the way, which I think is really awesome. Uh-huh. And I'll I'll put a link cool. down in the show notes so everybody can go out and see what welder I use because I get that question yeah. a lot. It's just a great okay. all around welder, and it you know yeah it's gonna run nice. you some coin, but if you think about it like in terms of if you're gonna get into welding as a profession, once everyone sees that you have a welder like on Facebook, all these people will be yeah. bringing you their trailers and everything. You'll make that money There's back no so doubt. quick. Oh yeah, so yep. fast, so fast. Yeah. I could see that. It's and it's a uh, um. Yeah, you could be a handyman welder, right? You can't be a handyman woodworker. It right. doesn't, it doesn't Good work, point. <laughs> you know, like, you're gonna be hanging fucking picture frames for grandma. Yeah, know, if you're a handyman carpenter, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and and see, welders are are few and far between. So once you pick yeah. it up and you get good at it. And you advertise yeah. that like uh, back before I knew how to weld, I hired a guy to come out and fix my T-top on my boat. And I mean, he was out okay, for, I don't yeah. even know. It was an aluminum welder. He drove up in his truck. He had a whole thing set up. super cool. It was like a mobile welding unit. And he was there nice. for maybe like 15 minutes. I think it was like 350 bucks, something like that. Like, I mean, the guy made good coin, you know, Jeez. you know, and he helped me yeah. fix a problem I couldn't do, nope. you know? Yeah. So that's the way that's I look at it. That's what it takes. All right, so the Art of Craftsmanship, our guys over at the Art of Craftsmanship, mm-hmm. they also have a podcast, Dustin and Devin. I'm I'm assuming this is Dustin responding to this. He said uh, <laughs> he says he wants to learn how to make patterned Damascus. That is an awesome skill set. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. I, I can't even think <laughs> about Damascus. I'm I'm not there yet. <laughs> Uh, Baltic Blade says, how to get the most out of the learning curve. I had to read that one a couple of times to to see exact to kind of like think about what he means by that. Because I think what he's saying is the learning curve, which is like a bell curve, right? You, you can only yeah. absorb so much to yeah. a certain extent, yeah. right? And then it has mm-hmm. to become experience, I think, at some yeah. point. 
Yeah. Learning and experience mm-hmm. are two different things. You're learning while you're doing it, but repetition <clears throat> is where you get the, the, the true mastery, right? The 10,000 hour right. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what's your take on that? I, yeah. I, I was just thinking the same. And, and, and furthermore, like in the beginning phases of that curve, right? Where, um, you're not going to be good the first time, right? You're, or you're, you're not going to. So when you start anything new, some, I think some folks, that's the exciting part. You know, that's always the exciting part for me anyway, is just that when you're, you're like rapidly learning where you're bringing all this info in and um, I've heard different people describe it, but you, you know, if you're able to, and you're able to truly just spend time learning it and not have too much pressure to perform, um, just that the playfulness of it where you can just fuck around and try things, you know, and, and if you allow yourself to do that, I think you learn much more quickly, right? Or you'll, you'll get to that point of mastery a lot more quickly. That's probably because you're trying more different things and you're therefore putting more time in, like you say. But And the opportunity um, to come up with something that no one else has actually done before yeah. opens up. You know, that's the other oh, part yeah. of this is that when you're learning a skill set, just to, let's just say you're like work, working with wood and you want to make a cutting board, right? Yeah. If you give yourself the, the, the space or I guess it's not the right word, but if you give yourself sort of the opportunity to fail because yeah. you don't really care about the material, you know, let's just say you grab a piece of plywood and you're like, I'm going to make a yeah. cutting board out of this plywood and it's going to not be all that great. Right. Cause plywood shouldn't be used to me, you know, to make cutting boards. I'm sure some people do, but the, the concept there is pretty simple, right? You're going to cut it out and you're going to router the edges and sand it down and coat it with something so that, you know, it can be utilized. That gives you the freedom to learn about all those processes. So when you go and grab that like expensive piece of whatever walnut or whatever to make your next one, you've now taken in all of that data and now you're spitting it back out and it's almost like twice the amount of learning right there because, or if you failed and you screwed it up, no big deal. You can go back and cut another piece. do it again. Do it again. And, and that is a, uh, I think that's a great analogy because I mean, you can, I'm sure you can think of that. Like when you first started, um, the cost of steel or the cost of wood or the cost of whatever, it's like, holy shit, oh, yeah. you know, like I'm not paying $12 a board foot for walnut, you know, like, man. So you would start in woodworking, everybody, you know, you start with pine and, and half the people, continued to work with pine and they're making, you know, dining room tables out of Home Depot framing lumber. And that's a whole nother thing, but you know, um, that is a real barrier. And I think, um, having access to materials, like I often tell people like, don't buy tools, buy materials first, Sure, (laughs) you know, yeah. like if you've got some extra money, stash away some materials because, a lot of times folks will th- will only think tool, tool, tool. I need a new tool. You know, I want to learn welding. I need a welder and I need a helmet. Well, yeah, but you also need steel to freaking weld together. And yeah. whether that's, you know, robbing bed frames from the Goodwill or it's, <laughs> you know, going to the, the, the steel supplier and legitimately buying some quality uh, steel, you've got to have that material. And without that, 
It's it's or or with that I should say with a stockpile of of materials to make with, you'll be amazed at what I think you'll you'll learn in a much you know much more quickly. Uh, I think I hit a turning point with my woodworking when you know you know and you always see it on Instagram or on social media guys with this wood stacked all over their wood shop and you think holy hell what are they doing with all that? Maybe nothing. But when I want to do something with it, it is right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to think like, how much wood do I need to buy to make a pencil holder? You know, who cares? It's yeah. right freaking there. Go Just go grab it. Get it and make it. Yeah. Go <laughs> grab it. Which is the big motivation, by the way, for all the bins in my workbench. Because, yeah. you know, people were like, that's a lot of stack out boxes. You know, what, what are you doing with all those? And I'm like, well, every single one of them now has nuts bolts all sorted out right. you know lag bolts whatever anchors want. whatever i need it's essentially a hardware store right in my own workshop yeah. how many times how many hours are wasted going to oh. a big box store to try to find something whereas that now i had half the time i already i know i have it but i can't friggin' oh, yeah. find it so i now <laughs> am go i'm like you know and it it's even more humiliating to walk down <laughs> the aisle at home depot and go yeah i just bought a box of these last week but i can't fucking right. find them can't so now i <laughs> so now i'm yep. back again spending 25 dollars on something i can't find so that you know that was the motivation mm -hmm. there and then to have the yeah. all that hardware all the material everything i need to to just grab something and build you know that yeah. I, I would i would sometimes just call up my steel supplier and say okay send me a sheet of this i need you know two by two tube steel i need all and I, with no real direction yeah. just you know i need it just and then i'll make i'll make something with it so yeah that's a good point yeah baltic blades oh. that's an excellent excellent suggestion it was a great thing to go over i think there's more there maybe at some point we could focus on it um yeah. Ian, Ian Maz, he says, I'd say tool making in blacksmithing or uh, in woodworking. I need to do some framing, but somewhat know how, but never have done it besides in my shed. Mm. So, yeah, he's he's saying basically the same thing I'm saying, which is like tools, you know, like how to make tools. I mean, it's really important. Um, Flashland holster um, at the same moment. He would like to learn Fusion 360. Um, that's a big one for me too. I'm always learning more about fusion mm -hmm. and I love that software. Um, answer subject to change. He says, that's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, SD knife making says I have been thinking for a while now and I can't think of anything. And I think later he comes into it and he does actually come up with something. So, uh, GC cutlery, yeah, nice. there's too many to count, but mainly my focus is on becoming a better visual storyteller. Oh, that's a good one. That and project yeah. completion, uh, sticking with a project to the end is a skill in oh, and of Lord. itself. That's a good oh, one. Lord. Yeah. Oh, Th those those so are both really good. Visual storyteller <laughs> is really tough. I know because I make, mm -hmm. I make stories about making things and then also sticking with a project to its, its bitter end. And, and, you know, whether or not you want to finish the project is like, it's not really up to it, this is why I like YouTube by the way because it forces me to finish stuff because my audience yes. won't let me not, you know they're like what are you doing why haven't you finished this or whatever uh, the sportster right. motorcycle project is the big one everybody asks me about like when are you going to finish that motorcycle <laughs> it's like well it's not on my list of things to do uh right now you know <laughs> but uh I do eventually. need to finish it yeah eventually I'll get there I'll get there yeah that 
That's probably why <laughs> that could, if you put me on a couch <laughs> and told me to put my feet up and grabbed a clipboard, I think you'd probably find that that's a reason I don't do YouTube because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> piss poor at finishing projects. <laughs> you get called out on all your bullshit. People are like, oh, look, man. this guy never finishes anything. Why do I even I'd watch be his channel? And then they'd go after my 10 year old because he's just as bad as I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's funny because as you start making more content, you realize people that probably like us have have all these projects in the works and yeah. they're the driving force to make something. It's like, when does the monster, you know, you're, when are you done feeding the monster? You know, you it never, I mean, never, you, you, you never run out of ideas. Never you know, run I think out that's of the thing. Yeah. And people find that really hard to believe, you know, and, I, I don't know. I, I could legit film myself doing like a ton of stuff in my shop. I always think like, you know, I should be like filming myself doing all this. And like, like today yeah. I got like a thousand oh, pounds of hardware shipped in because of, uh, we did the black Friday sale, uh, for the grinders. Yeah. And, uh, like it went really well. It went really well. We sold 30 grinders in four days. Nice. Yeah. So that's a lot of grinders. And then, um, awesome. and then we did a cyber Monday sale and we sold a bunch more, but the, the, it, it was like, before all that hit, I was looking at all my hardware bins and I was like, oh man, everything's getting kind of <laughs> low. You know, like if we get a real big, yep. if we get a big turnout for the sale, I'm not going to have enough uh, hardware to fill all these orders. So I, um, yeah. you know, put all my orders in. Everything came in except for one box. And uh, it said it was delivered, but I never got it. And it was a box full of like really expensive stuff from McMaster Car. Here's the reason why I love McMaster Car. So, the UPS driver says he delivered it to me and never reached me. And it was signed for somebody mm. who I don't know, like the signature I'd never yeah. seen. So they obviously took it to the wrong place. Not saying the UPS that UPS driver, who's also a motorcycle mechanic in yeah, his spare time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, where I don't, I have a different driver every day. It used to be, we had the same guy right. every time. Now we don't, but the, mm. so we're looking for this hardware. I email McMaster and I go, look, I've already sold all this hardware. I just need this one in the box. There was just yeah. one thing to finish the kits. McMaster totally took care of me, put all of the new stuff nice. in a box and, and had it overnighted to me. So I had it so I could get all my stuff out. I mean, Awesome. they could have just said like yeah. walk around your building and find the box and blah 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 yeah no, sorry they, file yeah. a claim with UPS exactly yeah. no no they took care of me and it was like $900 worth of stuff I mean it was like a lot of Man. lot of gear so no, they took care of me yeah somebody in my building has like 48,000 springs and like a bunch of bolts <laughs> that they'll never use um, right yeah but um, yeah so uh, 3D Maker Zone says metal casting, which that's something I'd like to oh, eventually yeah. learn. That's a cool one. Um, I'm totally into mm -hmm. that. Uh, Crafting the Life I Want, who is uh, on my buddy Sean Porter. He said, I'd love to get into uh, a deep dive into welding. Uh, I basically know how it works, but none of the technique. Yeah, it, a lot of the welding is like doing, you know, like we talked about. It's like a yeah. lot of experience. Um, my aunt, yeah. my aunt commented on this. My dad's nice. sister, my aunt Bobby, uh, she's she would like to learn how to glass blow. I didn't know that about her. That, oh, nice! Blowing glass—that's that's a great that's a great skill to have. I mean, oh my There's gosh! There's a few places here in town that that do glass blow. There's a guy in my building that uh, oh nice. Yeah, down at the far end of my building. My building's a huge. It spans the whole block, uh, and a whole city block, and it's all the way down at wow. the very end. 
they won't be here for too much longer. They're just, they just bought another building, but it's a bunch of artisan mm. woodworkers. I'm really sad to see them leave They They do amazing mm. stuff. Um, but he blows glass, uh, at, down at night. Like he only does it at night because uh, oh, cool. he has to do it outside, but he blows glass yeah. and he blows these, um, amazing chandeliers. I mean, just nice. like, I don't know how much they are, probably tens, tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. when he's done, but that's an amazing skill set. Buddy of mine who used to live in Boise now lives over in Portland, but uh, Nick Sawyer, Sawyer Designs on Instagram, I, I believe it is. Phenomenal, phenomenal woodworker. Um, just very traditional hand tool mixed with, you know, some power tool, but, and just a very traditional design sense in terms of joinery and, and that. But he just got into, uh, a little project where he worked with a friend of his and blew, you know, did glass blowing to make drawer pulls for this small little jewelry box project that he had made. It's just incredible to see, you know, this just phenomenal drop dead gorgeous woodworking combined with another just not very common craft you know? oh yeah yeah um, when you look at it a, a, as a whole glass blowing is another one of those things that requires an enormous amount of tooling to, to, to do yeah it, right yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah 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 I, 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 every time i look skill. at his feet i'm like you son of a bitch right like, could you get any better yeah. at things yeah. you know it's like one of those guys that i think is you know we always joke there's always i think when, when you're growing up, there's always that one kid that he's just good at damn everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it's, it's really cool. It, it inspires, it inspires me now, you know, it used to probably piss me off, but now it's like, all right, I can do more. <laughs> the young, the young man's ego dies off and then you, and then yep. hopefully it, it, uh, blossoms into an older, more wiser man's respect. That's the way I look at it. I used there to be the same go. way. I would see other people doing stuff and I get super, I, I never, I don't really consider myself competitive in the yeah. traditional sense of the word, like, like in mm-hmm. sports or games. I don't like playing games really, but I am competitive yeah. when it comes to like, like skills, like life, like, you know, like I, th- I think yep. when I look at my contemporaries and, um, and I see somebody that I went to high school with doing better than me or something like that. I always think to myself, like, what did he do? You know, but now, yeah, yeah. now I'm like mad respect. Like I have mad respect for that person because they, yep. they crushed it, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's yep. all perspectives on that for sure. Um, all right. So SD knife, knife making did later come up with one. He said he wants to be a right. commercial diver. Uh, and, uh, no way, nice. he says he can do it, uh, just take 10,000 hours to get certified. And he is correct. That is a long path. <laughs> um, Nahum is a buddy of mine who lives in Jerusalem. He says that, uh, he would love to learn how to TIG weld and I'm with him. I have a TIG welder and I suck at it really bad. I'm <laughs> terrible at it. Um, mad made blades. He wants to learn how to weld. That's another one. Uh, Chris Rusendahl uh, easily wants to learn how to machine and lathe and do mill work. Uh, possibilities with a skill to learn. I would need more tools or friends with access to these tools. So to make that happen, I guess 
the skill of predicting the stock market turnaround for a quick dollar would also come into play. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think he's right. Amen. Yeah, yeah, you got to get some cash going. Full Steam Design says he wants to learn how to blacksmith. Timbo J. Fisher, he wants to learn how to do metal engraving. I don't know if you've ever mm. gotten sucked into the metal engraving videos. If you just look at the hashtag on Instagram, there's people yep. that do like that. Uh, filigree mm. stuff on the side of guns and knives. Yes. Oh, it's cool. I don't even know how What's the hell they um, do it. Axe and Iron Boys had yep. um, that engraver on the other, well, did you shoot it was a couple months ago now, but who's the other one? Is it Jay Bowering? Um, I don't know any of their names. I just follow them on Instagram. Yeah, it's a woman. Oh. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's amazing. I can't remember her first name, but yeah, just incredible stuff. And it always amazes me to see when they're doing it, how effortlessly the the shaving comes off of the metal. Yeah. It looks like it's butter or wood, you know, or just just how that how easy it seems to get a shaving off there. I know it's not, but just to see it happen. And a lot like, of those guys shit. make their own tools. You know, those like little yeah, engravers yeah. and stuff, they're making those to make special yeah. cuts that will do the right kind of turns and everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing mm, stuff. I I, it's I don't think that's a skill I really want to learn, but I do have a lot of respect for it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Northern Arc says engineering. Uh, he wants to he says it's too broad of a of, of a uh, topic topic, but he says that he would like to learn um, SolidWorks, which is like a sister program to Fusion, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Um, the Big Oki, he says he wants to learn blacksmith in the real world. He wants to learn engraving, oh, yeah. but he doesn't really have the artist in him to do that. Um, yeah, that's a lot. There's a lot of artistry in that. Brian Cone yes. Knives, B Cone Knives, says welding is something I've always wanted to learn. Now... Uh, I, would you recommend I take a class or buy a cheap welder and go to town armed with YouTube knowledge and a pile of scrap steel I can mess up? Thanks for your outstanding content. Okay, so, yeah, getting back to what we were talking about before, I definitely agree. I think I agree with both sides of that. I think you should take a class because you'll learn more from that class. It'll be learning exponential like we talked about with Baltic Blade said. He said, you know, what's the learning curve look like? The curve will go much quicker for you if you go take a class, yeah. but you have to then go home and do it. So you need both. Yep. You can't you can't yeah. just like go borrow somebody's welder and do ten minutes of welding and and think you know. Yeah, everything. you don't put it in a folder and you know say, all right, now I'm a welder and when I need it, I can pull it back yeah. out and use it. Yes, yeah. it, it is something. It, There's a maker muscle. It is, and <laughs> and if you don't do it for a while, and then you go and yeah. like for instance, I was making this that table and i'm like or that workbench i'm like oh you know i haven't welded in a while so when i go to do my first weld of course i screw it all up because you know my settings were wrong my gas was turned off and you Mm -hmm. know just just stupid mistakes you know whatever but um yeah tubal cane knives says i second tig welding and i'm also trying to teach myself cad which uh, coming from doing vector art for years, I thought would come fairly easily, but it's a whole different animal. That is 100% true. Vector art does get you going, get you there. Uh, begin, you know, you learn the, the 2D portion of it, but then once you get into 3D, all bets are off. Like it's a completely different animal for sure. Um, Mammoth Creek Knives, he says, freehand grinding, convex, hollow, and S grinds. Yes, nice. that would be awesome. 
Uh, my buddy Rodney over at the Sharp Carpenter, he says, time management, more and better time management. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Rodney. I think time yeah. management is like an enormous thing that if you can master it, then mm-hmm. you will be at least 30% more efficient than you are right now, which would make a huge difference. So my number one tip for anything is for time management is always go into the day with an end goal. And no matter how late in the day, that priority of having that goal achieved is important or breaking that goal down into a series of things to do to achieve a you know a master goal, final goal. And that way yeah. you can break down. Uh, I actually said it in my last video. I thought it was Mark Twain that said it, but it's actually not Twain. I don't know why I thought it was Twain, but um, you know, how do you oh. eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah, that was Desmond Tutu. So, Tutu. yeah, I, okay. and, uh, I, I, when I heard you say it, I, I was like, ah, but I, I didn't know. I wasn't familiar enough with who said it, but that's cool. Yeah, definitely not Mark Twain. Uh, I, after I said it and recorded yeah. it, I was like, I should probably Google that before I, you know, put it up there. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it's Desmond Tutu. words in everybody's yeah, mouth. Exactly. <laughs> uh, pickle cutters, my buddy Nick up in uh, Canada, he is um, in, yeah. gosh, where is he at? Uh, New Brunswick, I believe. I don't know, but one of my favorite episodes of this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know what? We need to bring Nick back for sure and yeah. have him on again because he's, he's a blast. Great. Um, he says, I want to get into machining and I want to make my own tools. I know I can if I work for it. That's right, Nick. Got to work for mm-hmm. it. Uh, there's a guy on here who I've never seen before, but his his Instagram handle is Ben Jammin, S or MCD, and he said I'd love to learn machining, <laughs> and I'm talking about expert level proficiency with a mill and lathe, and I agree. I think nice. that would be amazing. I got that, sucked there's into something it. about that, that. Yeah, I got sucked into I, uh, 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 Adam uh, Savage. A bomb? Uh, no, no, not a, no, well. A bomb too. But I got sucked into Adam Savage. He was trying to replicate the lightsaber from Star Wars, the original one. I saw that one. video. I haven't watched it yet. But. Okay, it's really long. And and I'll yeah. tell you that, the spoiler alert if you don't want to hear the end of the video, but <laughs> um, he fails, you know? And he, oh, and, nice. Yeah, so it, he makes the thing. I mean, it's close, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not quite there. And, and and so halfway through, he realizes that this thing is not right. And it's, it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. <laughs> he continues anyway. Yep. And, and I'm trying to now. I'm watching Adam do this work. And I'm trying to figure out why I can't stop watching it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in bed. It's late at night or whatever later at night it's like oh. 8 30 this video is like close to an hour long i think yeah and i'm watching this and i'm like and he basically says in the beginning that he fails you know for the most yeah. part and i'm like thinking to myself like okay but why why am i so interested in following along with his story right and i think it's because i I I guess I empathize or I am Adam Savage in a way. Like, I think he's like every man's workshop. Like he's not afraid to fail. He's going into it with 
some experience and some skill sets, but he's humble about it. And then it becomes a Mm -hmm. thing where you're just like, wow, okay, I get it. I get it. And I want to watch this guy do this and attempt, attempt it to the best of his knowledge. And that's it. Yeah. And you, and, and if you allow yourself to, to tinker like that, or, you know, to, to fail, like you say, then, then every one of us has been to that point where, you know the train's coming off the fucking track, yep. you know. But how far do you allow it to wobble, you know, and and probably come really freaking close to hitting the bridge or whatever it is, you know? Like how much of that can you tolerate and still have something in the end? You know, like oftentimes I find for me it's like, if I can hold that fucking thing in my hand when I'm done, I don't care if it's dog shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, I got it done and it isn't pretty. The next time I make it, it's going to be pretty, but I got this one done and holy shit, that sucked. <laughs> the interesting. <laughs> but then you're learning. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? And the interesting thing about the, that video too is that he had made one back in the 90s. So, okay. okay so if you can make like the first thing he does is he shows the original one he made. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the video, he puts them side by side with an actual replica. And he's like, so he shows, you see three versions of this thing, the right one, which is the replica. (laughs) Then you see the one he made in 95. And then you see the one he made today. (laughs) And it's like checking in still sucks. Yeah. He's like, yep. The one I actually made in 95 is better than the one I made today. So what the (laughs) fuck happened here? You know, like that's the funny part about that. Well, I can't imagine too, like that, that, because he he does a lot of his stuff right in like one take or oh yeah where he's moving his camp you know now he's doing uh, all the camera himself. work himself and yeah. everything and so the mental struggle there compounded with the freight train of the the project falling apart then you've got it in the back of your head like I should cut this fucking video off like man nobody's gonna watch this shit you know yeah like- he says that halfway through the video too he's like. So I have to kind of change the focus of this video a little bit from, <laughs> right. wow, look at how much different my, you know, this is, or, you know, this is the, this is the path to failure. So yeah, exactly. But, but he's still happy at like the a, end. Like a cartoon standing behind the camera, ready to push the button to start recording. Like, no, 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 Whoa, no, no, He's no. got that look on <laughs> his face I? too. Like that smile. Like he's like, yep, I just fucked this all up. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> and, and it's like a two inch piece of aluminum. It's not cheap. You know, it's like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. all right, all right. We got to get back to these comments here. I say, so Ray, Ryan Chadborn knife work says he, he has too many to list, but he would say he wants to learn more about video editing. So that's a good one. TIG welding. There you go. There's another TIG welder. And leather work. Leather work is a big one. That's nice. on my list, too. Um, That's fun. Yeah. I See, you say it's fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'll tell you, it's the most relaxing form of making that I've done. I'll no say kidding. That. Okay. Yep. Um, we should have Dustin not, on from not, the Art of Craftsmanship, and he'll argue that. He yeah. hates it. He's like, I cannot do Does it. He? he hates it. It's like the yeah. thing he hates the most, for sure. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Maybe I've not done complex enough leatherworking then. <laughs> well, I think it's because he's making sheets, you know, so he's trying to yeah, form a, a custom fit thing. Yeah. And yep. 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 
That's it. Yeah. All right. So let me go. I got to switch over to a different profile. Let me just search for my own name. We have a uh, work for it. Uh, work for it dot podcast. Yeah. If you want to find us on Instagram and I post, I cross post. So I get comments on both. Yeah. All right. So avatar forge says I come from a machinist and fabrication background, and I've always wanted to learn how to run and or make a business. That's that's a good one. I get that one a lot. I think a lot of people yeah. listen to work for it because they there's they're one of two things. Like they like the maker side of things, but they also like mm-hmm. the fact that I talk a lot about business development. I'm super passionate about it. I could talk about yeah. building a business. I've got a million ideas in my head about business and uh, how to make it work. What's a you know good business to start with, you know, all this stuff. But I feel like yeah. it's I feel like um like that that wacky professor with his hair all up that guy that's always on the history channel talking about you, aliens. I feel like I'm that guy. No, you know when I talk no, about I it. I think you should do it. I think you should do more of it. Cuz here's the thing like um how many times, you know, example, we remodeled our house a couple of years ago and and contractors seemed great by the end not so great yep. and by the end my name's you know on the building permit and he's walking down the street without a job you know oh, <laughs> and what yeah. i said well you know and having worked for an, a lot of contractors and and different guys in my in my you know younger years and been around it and around the trades you know they some of the best uh carpenters are the worst businessmen oh you know yeah. and i think that's so so these guys you, you um you come up through a system working for people as a apprentice carpenter or an apprentice maker and then all of a sudden one day you step out on that limb and you say damn it i can do it better and i'm gonna run my own shit and you've never thought about business a day in your life other than can I hang all of the trusses on this house today or only some of them? You know, that's the closest to a business decision you've made. And I think that um, we're in a weird position right now where we need more tradespeople, uh, but they, but now more than ever, they need business acumen, you yeah. know, and I don't know that they're getting it because where could they? The only <laughs> way that I can tell someone to do this work is to – experience what it's like you know everyone seems it's just i i get this a lot in both businesses i have people that'll email me and tell me that the grinder that i've made is the easiest tool in the world to manufacture and why would they pay me to do it or why would they buy my kit and you know they're so simple and so you know i even have people comment uh on facebook publicly like on my builds and said Oh, I had that same idea like 10 years ago. I just never did anything with it, you know? Of course. Like, why even bother saying <laughs> there's the, something? There's the difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, you never did anything with it. And I did. And, you know, just, you know, don't shoot the, shoot the salesman here. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm also the yeah. designer and the marketer and I do everything right on down to packing the nuts and bolts. And I do yeah. all that work because I'm really passionate about it. And that's the first step to starting a business is being passionate about yeah. the subject that you're you're taking on. So if you don't have that passion, you're going to run out of steam when you're working 12-hour days for 10 years and you're trying to build a business. But 
But the, the one key factor, I mean, there's multiple things about building a business, but the best thing I ever did was I learned to work on it and not in it. So I have a lot of people okay. who want to, yeah. you know, work with me directly. You know, I'm a, I own a service-based business. It's a computer repair business. And, you know, we do IT. And my customers, once I started making the transition from working in the business to hiring people to do it for me and me being a leader, yeah. they did not like it. They, there was like a one-year tantrum that everyone went through. They, they just disliked yeah. it because they had to work with someone else. And what yeah. I had to explain to them, you know, my favorite word to my customer is no. That's not how it works. I'm sorry, but that's okay. And we'll get through this. But everything that all of my technicians, when they work for me and they come work for me, they represent me and they have the backing of me. So I can divide my time amongst telling these guys, okay, this is how I would handle this business or this customer or this project. And I'm the guy that comes behind and just double checks that they did all those things. It's just as good as having me there. It, It really is. Right. And mm-hmm. when you're a maker and or a furniture person, you're making stuff in your workshop, whatever. You don't have that. You don't have that bit that no. ability. You, it's impossible. It's, you you can't do it all. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's harder to take yourself serious. I find so at, at times, you know that it's like, well, yes, I do business, but am I a business? You know, I I uh, I'd say you are. I sell my services, but. Yeah, and I, and I think at the end of the day I'd agree, but then but you hit I always hit those moments where it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> uh, and I I would venture that probably others hit that point too, where if the business is so small, you know that um, uh, and and you're not quite sure how big you would ever want to let it get, <laughs> you know, um, to some degree, which is a, a really weird position as well, right? If nobody starts a business to keep it small. What the hell's the matter with you? Yeah, I um, did. I didn't want. I my personal goal was for work life balance, you know, and yeah. I'm I'm a little out of balance right now because I'm building two yeah. businesses. But uh, yeah, my goal was to to build a comp in my line of work in IT. There's a lot of burnout because we're yeah. forced to work, you know, a lot of hours and, and it's it's brain mm-hmm. work and stuff. But um, it, my goal was to just be able to spend more time with my family. It was the opposite for a while. I mean, you, you actually spend less yeah. time, but I got to pick, you know, I yep. got to pick all that stuff. I just think that the people just don't have the they don't have the. I don't think they really fully understand what it means risk wise to be an entrepreneur, like to get to a certain yeah. point where you're like, um, am I going to be able to I eat <laughs> next yeah. week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And there's enough people now with the way the internet works and all, you know, all of that works to where, um, you can dabble, you know, True. and maybe avoid that risk. Um, you know, just by having a good time, well-timed jump, you know, from sure. a day job into what you're doing. But, but there's still, I think there's always, I always look at it and, and just think, just have so much respect for guys and, and gals that just say, you know what? I believe in this fucking thing so much. Yeah. I'm, I just have to try it. Yes. I am, I cannot be happy until I try this and I have to quit everything and risk it all. And I'm thinking like, man, go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had half of that, you know? So true. Uh, probably be so much happier in so many different aspects of, 
of life if you could just let go and try it. <laughs> we we could we could you're right. We could probably do an entire series on business development and talk about that because <laughs> yeah. there's so much. And I I try to I I can't I I, I seriously feel like the mad professor when I'm talking about it because well, I'm just like let's well, get into the eighty twenty rule. Could ask everybody. We could we go. could ask everybody. That's a good. We'll maybe the next him. episode we do we'll we'll talk about business development because that's a good one and um yeah and uh avatar forge uh we appreciate you and um yeah let's let's talk more about that circle h knives says he wants to learn how to build and maintain a website and uh we do that here yeah that's 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 a thing we did for a lot of years we were web developers um that now I tell people like, Hey, you know, just uh, Google WordPress and, or, you know, Squarespace or, you know, Wix, there's like all kinds of ways. Uh, I run all of my e-commerce through Shopify. It's so simple for 30 bucks a month. They take all the headache out of all of that um, web development stuff. So I, I, I don't do a ton of web development now, but um, yeah, you can do just about everything you could ever want very simply with the low 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 uh monthly fee yeah. um with those and i'll say too companies. that if you want to build a web page start with three sheets of paper uh, because there are so many people that have come to me to build a website you know either it's, if it's through my day job or just you know different personal or business things and it's like well i need a website for my business well what do you want on it you know, like I'll build your website, but I'm not going to, I'm not the content oh, guy. Oh yeah. I'm, that's the I'm hardest coding part. Guy. That's it. That's the hardest part <laughs> is the content. Yeah. So come up with that paragraph or that catchphrase or that logo file and find, you know, high quality image and find your little blurbs and your pictures that you want on there. And how many items do you want in your store and what are those items and how much do they cost? And, you know, all those details can be figured out before you ever even look at web hosting. So start there. Yep. Content is by far the hardest part. We used to have a content creation kit that we would give our customers and it would just be literally Mm -hmm. a form that would say, how many pages do you want? And they'd tick, tick, tick. Made it really yeah. simple for them, and then uh, we would take all that information, pump it into a website. Um, but the yeah. the back and forth of building anything like that, and and a lot of knife makers and furniture makers, a lot of makers in general will figure this out real quick. When you start making custom anything, uh, it almost takes just oh. as long to make the thing as it does to figure out what the customer wants. You know, yeah. so it's just like yep. anything; it's, it's the same the thing. So, uh, well, hey, listen, Ben Jammin. It's been yeah. an hour 24. What a great show. And the time just flies by. Flies by. <laughs> by. I had a great time. Every week. I love this. Me too. I love this platform that, or this format, I should yeah. say, of asking the audience, getting the audience's yeah. uh, answers, and then discussing them. It is a fantastic way to uh, sort of give our audience what they want and what when the yep. things that will fuel our conversations the audience is driving that as well, which I think is really great. So it turned out really nice. It's really, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. What we'll I'll start throwing some stories up too and just asking questions and different things too so folks can look up. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We need to start doing that because I think your audience, we have a lot of my audience on here and a lot of these guys are coming in, yeah. but we got to start pulling in the Benjamin uh, side of things. Pull some of those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, that'll be good. I've been digging into your feed 
and all of the projects nice. you've got going on, which I oh, I love that. I you know you're doing these Hurricane. quick your your twenty thirty second pieces, man. They're really powerful. Yep. And then to see I'm, like the I'm guys really that are focusing. commenting is good. Yeah, you're doing great, yeah. man. It looks so good. Yeah, it's fun. And I'm gonna try. I'm gonna make a a very conscious effort to film a project video for youtube that's my goal one hour long minimum try it (laughs) no less probably do that (laughs) set the camera up and let it roll baby (laughs) one take you know i've I've often thought like maybe i'll just do ben's gopro and you know it's like you just log in every time i'm in here i turn it on oh dude i thought about that (laughs) like for patreons or something just like have a camera on it but little void catch me like scratching (laughs) my balls and all kinds of stuff i mean who knows hey did he just piss in the corner (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute what's going on (laughs) over there Brian's got his pants off. He's dancing like a robot in the middle of the room. What's happening? <laughs> what the hell? This is how. This is my creative process. You, you know, that's right? Just what it is. Yeah. First, we mark the territory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in and listening to the Work for It podcast. Yeah. We truly appreciate your support and all of the things oh, that wow. you have. Uh, uh, given us as far as topics go, we really do, do appreciate that. You can go out and find Benjamin Butler Company on Instagram, and there'll be a link down the show notes to find him on Instagram and YouTube. You can find me on uh, Instagram at house underscore underscore work or work for it dot podcast. You can also find me on YouTube. I'm pretty sure I'm on YouTube, uh, you know, somewhere out there. Uh, We just crossed over 29,000 subscribers. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, it's a big one. You were just at 26 not long ago. You're killing it, Yeah, crushing it. We're just, the, the, you know, these, it's weird. You see these, like, you know, like these jumps in your subscribership. Yeah. No idea where they come from. I I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. I mean, I'm looking at the analytics and I see it, but I'm not really, you know, 100% sure. The guy in the basement of YouTube just turning the knob. That's what it is. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It does feel that way. Like there's a guy in the basement. It's really weird. And then they'll turn it back the other way. So just hold on. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. The faucet will definitely get turned off at some point. I'm sure of it. But uh, my big, my big increase of like, 150 followers what three four weeks ago and you know that that real video i was talking about that thing is up over two hundred and sixty thousand views. that's huge (laughs) a quarter of a million freaking views i I got 200 followers yeah oh oh, you got 200 followers from that that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, 200 followers. I about 200, and then it's just flatlined again. Well, <laughs> you know, I, you need I to broke do more 13k re- and do more reels. That's what it is. You got to do more. <laughs> That's reels. What I'm thinking I'm just all reels. I got sucked into the reels, dude. Like I like. Oh, it's so. Yeah. I grabbed a bottle of wine, and and I I don't know what I know. I was drinking with my brother-in-law or something. He got me stupid drunk, yeah. and then um. <laughs> it's a good. He's always in for a good time when I'm hanging out with him. Yeah. So then and then. Uh, I started getting into reels. I think I like watched one of yours or something. And then I swiped oh, up. It go. becomes so addictive. I yep. can see why now how you can get the <clears throat> 200,000 views because yeah. you get sucked into it. I mean, it's. They just, and people, I think, exhaust what the algorithm can feed them at some level. Right. right? If you're thumbing that damn fast, how many reels can there really be? 
Because I've be millions, I, like, I would think. I don't I've know. heard from a few like folks that I would have thought for sure would have known what a reel is, and they're like, "Dude, how'd you get music in your post?" I'm like, "It's not a post. It's a reel. It's a reel." Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "No shit." Yep. You know, <laughs> and they've been around for several months. Oh, now, it took so. me a minute, a hot minute, to figure it out too, because yeah. it, it's me not too. intuitive. Then, yeah. Yeah. And it's still, it's kind of an interesting thing. I I like it. Because it's kind of a neat little tool where you can show something that maybe you wouldn't even normally show. Right. You know, and because a post is, I don't know, we've all crafted the way that we put a post out there yeah. and they're usually kind of canned in a way. They're very similar. Uh, but the reel is kind of a neat little left hook, you know, like, hey, here's this cool shit that I found. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I The more I can do, the better, I think. So I'm, I'm going to definitely yeah. make it make a goal to do some more reels this week. But uh, yeah. well, hey, listen, thank you so much for hanging right, out, man. Ben. I truly appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you to all of our listeners and supporters on the, uh, the on any single one of the many platforms that we are on. Uh, we truly appreciate yeah. you listening to the Work For It podcast. My name is Brian House and Ben Jammin. You're appreciated, and we will catch you on the next you, episode. Have a good week. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. Yeah. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.